Hey, this is Fireman Rob. You know, optimal performance isn't something that happens just by accident. I know this for a fact from being a fireman and doing way too many Ironman triathlons and full firefighter gear. But everybody always asks me, what's your secret? I can give you one secret. That's the right stuff, hydration. Hydration is important when it comes to being present in the moment, ready to run into the fires and being capable of showing up every single time at your best. The Right Stuff was created for NASA by NASA for their astronauts. Now it's trusted by professional athletes in Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and most of the top tier college sports. It's not an accident to prepare yourself to be great. If you're looking for that next edge, go to therightstuff-usa.com and enter the code FIREMANROB and you'll get 10% off at your checkout. This is an opportunity I wouldn't pass up. I have and still do use The Right Stuff. It's serious hydration for serious athletes, from the weekend warriors to those on the front lines. Make this a part of your habits to be the best you daily. Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same blood, the same blood, stay by your side, it's right or die, we've got the same blood. All right, welcome back to Forging the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Thanks for joining us today. The guest that I have today, amazing individual who spent time in the Army, who has an amazing podcast with and we'll get into why it's named the Jedberg Podcast. And it's just one of those people that you want to hear from, the mindset, the background, everything that you can think about. It is so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me today. Fran Ramchopi. Is that right? Richopi. Close. I was, I, you know, I had it written down exactly how I was going to say it. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to ask him because I'm going to try to see because I listened to a bunch of them and it, you get to that point and you go, oh, I screwed it up. <laughs> That's all right. Otherwise, your intro was great. So, thank you very much. That's it. That was that was uh, that was awesome and really, really nice. And I appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and have this conversation. And I'm glad you reached out and um, love what love what you're doing. Love, love the podcast, love the conversations that you're having. And certainly um, the tie in to, uh, you know, firefighting and stuff is really, really important to me. So I'm glad to be a part I, of it. I, I, and I love it. It's always great to have a, another uh, podcast host because it kind of gives you that feeling of like, you know, this conversation is going to go well because you, now I want to start off with that because I want to start off with the, the Jedberg podcast. Tell me, I, I love the premise behind the name. Tell me more about that. Ooh, we could go all the way back. We'd have to go back to World War II because that's, that's really where I want to start. Go. And that's where I want to go. <laughs> Good. That's where I like to start. So uh, 
Operation Jedberg was an operation in World War II. Very, not a whole lot of people know about it. There's only been a number of books that have been written about it. It's kind of one of those untold stories. But when you really start to get into it, you realize that it was one of those foundational operations within World War II that really set the conditions for the Allies to win. And what happened is in about in summer of 1943, the Allies had come to the conclusion that they were facing you know, really a monumental task. Germany had invaded France. They were dug in. They had superior machine guns. They had right. superior weaponry all really all around. And the decision was made that, well, I'd say even the realization was made that the only way to win the war would be to invade France. And the only way to invade France was through the beaches of Normandy was the you know, most, most logical approach onto, uh, into the country. Right. But, you know, with all of those factors, you know, that I laid out with the German army, it was identified that, uh, this was, you know, this, this, this had very little chance of success. I know what I'm talking about is Operation Overlord. And so the Allies came up with a plan. They said they were gonna we're gonna take three man teams, one American, one British, one French each. Uh and we're gonna select them from the entirety of the militaries of the British, the French, and the American armies. And we're gonna take them to Jedburgh, Scotland. And we're gonna put them in three man teams. And these three man teams are gonna parachute into occupied France starting the night before D-Day. And they're going to conduct sabotage and subversion operations against the German reinforcements. So their goal was to not engage with the frontline forces because the allied forces coming along the beach would be engaged with right. the frontline forces. But by not allowing the Germans to reinforce the beaches, it was a war of attrition on, on, the, on, the, on the front line. Right. And so that's what they did. Starting the night before D-Day, three-man teams, one American, one British, one French, parachuted behind enemy lines. They conducted sabotage and subversion operations against the Germans with the French resistance forces. They armed them. They equipped them. And there are stories where movements that should have taken German tank divisions 72 hours yeah. to, to do were taking three weeks four weeks because of the, how much they were being disrupted by these forces. Oh, that's amazing. These are what I call and what the military calls transformative leaders, visionaries, drivers of change, those dedicated to winning no matter the challenge. They were given very little guidance, very little directive. It was do your best. You can't lose. You, we have no, we have no option for you to fail. <laughs> and no what I, exactly. And what, what I seek to do through the Jedberg podcast, primarily because after World War II, the Jedbergs went on to form the operations directorate of the CIA, along with the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, was the clandestine arm. And then in the early 1950s, the operations directorate was transitioned primarily. Many of the, of the Jedbergs were transitioned over into the army. Right. And U.S. Army Special Operations Command was born. Um, and that became the Green Berets when President Kennedy authorized the wearing of the Green Beret a few years later. And so that is my lineage as a Green Beret uh, back to the Jedbergs of World War II. And what I seek to do is tell the story of today's modern day Jedbergs, transformative leaders, visionaries, those dedicated to winning no matter the challenge in any industry. Because what it takes to win, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to develop a mindset that allows you as an individual, your teams and your organization to thrive in the good times and the bad is all predicated on character and the, and the mindset that you bring. And that was displayed by these operators 
back then, and it is continued to be assessed and trained today in our special operations across all components, Army, Navy, uh, Air Force, Marines, you name it. They're all using this this similar mindset to train their special operators, but that is applicable to anything you do, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're working at at a, a major you know, Fortune 500 conglomerate and you're in middle to junior level positions, but you seek to improve yourself to to thrive and go up the ladder, uh, whether you're an athlete, it doesn't matter. You're a first responder, military politician. We want to tell all those stories. We want to tell them through this lens and we want to impact anyone who's trying to improve themselves personally, professionally, and seeking for a better version of themselves. That's what we're doing in the four, I guess the four minute version. See, I, I could actually end the podcast now and be super happy because that was amazing. I mean, that that is, I, I love how it talks about the whole man concept and that that the components that you talked about were like, they didn't get the structure. They didn't have this. They just picked these individuals and said, this is what you, we need you to do. When you went into the Green Berets, what was your mindset into saying, hey, I want to step up and do this special operations? Because that's not something that's easy to do. It's not something that's, kind of, uh, uh, you know, in the forefront of your mind, usually um, when you go into the military, what was your mindset? Well, my mindset was, I don't want to move to the middle of nowhere and be a traffic (laughs) reporter and a weatherman. That that was honestly my mindset. And the reason was because I studied broadcast journalism at Boston University as an undergrad and 9-11 was my junior year. And oh, wow. so I spent then, um, you know, last two years of school, formative years for so many of us, uh, <laughs> trying to wa- watching the war, watching the war in Afghanistan, watching the war in Iraq, and really um, thinking about how was I going to create an impact. I wanted to be a journalist. Tom Brokaw, Dan Rather, Peter Jennings were my heroes. I, I looked up to them. I watched them every night. I dissected everything they did. I tried to emulate them in my classes, albeit poorly. And I. <laughs> said when I was coming up upon graduation, because I was I also was a, a division one athlete and and so I didn't do ROTC. I didn't do any of the any of the, the pre-military programs. And I I had the realization, well, you know, if I'm gonna go be a journalist, here's what it's gonna look like. You're gonna move to Bangor, Maine. No, no offense to anyone from Bangor, Maine. It's actually a beautiful <laughs> place. Um yeah. or you're gonna go somewhere in 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 the you know to to a, a very small Madison, market, Wisconsin. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're gonna be, and you're gonna be a, a traffic reporter, and you're gonna be a beat reporter, and you're gonna, you know, work your way up, and and that is an awesome, awesome. And many days I wake up and I'm like, damn, I wish I had done that. Um, and it's an awesome job. But yeah. then I was watching these guys with with beards and long hair, and they were riding horses through the mountains of Afghanistan, and yep. I was like, damn, that's that's impact for me. For me, that's impact, and that's impact that I can make right now in in my life at a young age. Um, and if I want to be a reporter later on down the road, if I want to go into journalism, then I'll do it later on down the road. But right now, this is what I want to go do. This is what I feel I have to go do, and this is where I want. I believe my my impact in the world can be. And so I applied to go to officer candidate school. I got in shortly after I graduated from Boston University. I went into the army. I spent a couple of years in the infantry. And when my window opened up to be, to go to special forces to become a Green Beret and, and try out, uh, I went and fortunately was selected and spent the rest of my career in 10 special forces group. That, uh, 
once you got into the special forces group and I think a lot of people, this is something that everybody always asks the questions of is when you're in that special forces, um, the, once you, you're, you're kind of in that high level of, um, activity, you're in that, in that window of like anything can happen at any time. How do you keep yourself prepared, even in those down moments? Like even maybe when you were watching the weatherman, when <laughs> there wasn't a mission or an objective that you had to hit, how do you keep your mind ready to be able to go from zero to 90 miles an hour, but you have to be controlled? Well, number one, it's, it's training and it, you know, training comes down to a mindset and preparation comes down to a mindset. I give a, you know, I give a couple of talks about this, you know, I have a keynote called the discipline to prepare where I, you know, I, I kind of break a lot of this down. I also, uh, it's also the tagline of the podcast, how you prepare today determines success tomorrow. Now I'll say these things and, and, I'll, and I'll answer your question in a second, but I just want to caveat with, we don't get it right all the time. And I was actually joking last night. I had a situation here in the last week that I, I can't admit to yet because we have I have to admit to it in a few <laughs> weeks when we have some stuff coming out. So I can't release it. But I, I screwed up. You know, like I, yeah. I I know what my process is, and I said to myself, I don't have to follow this process. I don't have to put this work in right now. When we get in the moment, we're just going to figure it out. And it was horrible, yeah. embarrassingly horrible, to the point that we had to go back and redo the work. And, and I looked at, at my team and I said, guys, this is on me. Like I sat here, I knew what the right answer was. I knew we had to, I knew we had to prepare. I knew we had to put the work in up front. And I overestimated our ability to do something that we've never done. Okay. I say that for a reason, do something oh, we've never done at a high level. The first <laughs> time we're going to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so you learn these lessons and, and even, even when we come from great organizations and we do great things. I, and this is, you know, this pertains to the podcast. I've been doing this podcast for two years and we've got a hundred and I think we've recorded like 120 episodes, you know, and yeah. I have a process that for that for 120 episodes I followed. And yeah. then I got into a very big moment and was like, ah, we're not going to do that. And absolutely. <laughs> right? And so, so, and you realize like this, this, it comes down to your preparation. It comes down to the work that yeah. you put in. It comes down yep. to, your thought process of what can I be doing now, right? And that I believe is the very important question is we, we set goals for ourselves. And when I talk about goals, I talk about standards, right? You know, goals are end states, right. goals are places we want to be standards that we set for ourselves every day in our daily activities is how we achieve those, those goals. If, if I say I want to be, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to run, you know, a, a mile a minute faster, I'm not just going to wake up tomorrow and go out and do that. I have to understand that in order to do, I mean, yeah. I wish, right. I'm, yeah. I'm that'd be great. Person, wouldn't it? So I absolutely <laughs> wish I could do that. But what am I going to, what I have to ask myself is what am I going to do every single day? And what's the standard that I'm going to achieve every single day? And maybe that standard is I'm not going to eat four pieces of pizza tonight. Maybe I have two, right? Maybe yeah. I have three, right? But right. maybe I, I, instead of, you know, having a muffin, I'm going to have, I'm going to have wheat toast with peanut butter. Right. That, and that, that just doesn't sound now, good though, friend. My, right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but am I going to feel better later? Yes. yes am exactly. I going to, am I going to go to sleep tonight and say, my standard was to not eat the double chocolate chip muffin today. And I didn't do it. Right. And if I compound those stats, the achievement of those standards every single day, I'm going to reach my goal. I'm going to get pretty damn close to it. Okay. Right. The other component of that is when I end my day, 
have I now asked the question of myself, what else could I have done? What else should I have done? What is my competition doing that I might not be doing? And that question becomes very important. I talk to athletes about this all the time. And then, and, and what happens is athletes default to, oh, I should have done another workout. I should have done another rep. And I'm like, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but maybe you should have foam rolled. Maybe you should have taken some physical therapy. Maybe you should have hit the ice bath. Maybe you should have gone to sleep an hour sooner. It's not necessarily about working harder because sometimes working harder is also taking care of yourself, especially when we talk about elite athletes, right? So right. the in the back of your mind to remain competitive in anything you do, whether it's, you know, I ask this myself in, this in my business every day. Every day I, you know, I, I run a security business um, and we do security consulting and security training. We do a lot, a lot of different um, private and public sector work with, with clients. And I say, what, what, what do we miss? What do we miss? Why didn't we win that contract? What can we do today to help us to prepare to win an, a, a bigger contract or another contract down the road? So we've got to ask ourselves these questions consistently, because if we just look back and say, oh, I made it into special forces. I got selected. Okay, cool. I made it through the, I made it through the course. Now I'm on a special forces team. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's day one. Right. That's now, now what? Now what are you going to do? Same for firemen, right? You know, I mean, that right. fi- the selection pro, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time with the Boston fire department. I mean, we did a whole episode, uh, episode 75 uh, with the, with the Boston fire department. And that's a rigorous selection and training course. Same for the police, same yeah. for to, NFL draft. I just had a chance to sit down with uh, two time pro bowl tight end, Julius Thomas, his episode will come out in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. And we talked about this. We talked about, you make you get select you get selected in the draft, and yeah, that's a culminating event. But guess what? This is day zero <laughs> because now yeah. you have to earn your place here every single day. You didn't achieve anything; right. you just made it. You got a seat at the table now. So now, what are you going to do? Because that that seat can be taken away at any single day. Any day you walk into your special forces team, and you and all your stuff can be in the hallway because you were a dirtbag, right? So we got to keep that in our, we got to keep that in the back of our mind, you know, and, and we've got to really understand that it is an honor and a privilege to be presented with so many opportunities in our lives. What are we going to do with them and how are we going to earn them? That's so every true. Every single day. So true. And I, I love the fact that, because I think so many people are, 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 well, a lot of people are scared of success because of the fact that you said, like, a lot of people think they have to be perfect. They have, they never have that. Like oh shit, we did the wrong thing today, or, or or that didn't work out. How do I how do I continue down the road? What was what are like two keys that you took away from when you're in special forces, or even in your business that really helped you to say these failures aren't fatal; they're actually growth points. There's a concept called bounce back, and it's actually assessed. Uh, in, in it's assessed in in special operations selection and assessment and it is and it should be assessed in organizations when organizations (laughs) put together their not only their acquisition their talent acquisition plans but when they also just start are working on the professional development and the personal development of their teams and their leaders within their organization the concept of bounce back should always be involved in that conversation because we are going to fail if you're not, 
you know, people say, oh, if, if you don't fail, you're not trying. Yeah, that's that's true. I think that's overused. But like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the the reality is, is you got to try to do hard and cool things in life. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> it. Like, and, and that's like, that's not like Love, a very, yeah. you know, that's not the, a professor level, you know, response to your question there. But I love like, it though. <laughs> that to me, like that, I wake up every day and it's like, what can I do like in this podcast, in my business? That's like hard. <laughs> it's cool. And I get to do it with, with great people. Like, and oh, if I I've done it. that and then like the rest is going to work out. And so, and it, but if you don't push that envelope and you don't seek to, to do those hard, cool things with great people, it, I, I think you're going to, I think you're leaving something on the table. I think right. that there's, there's opportunities that are going to be missed and you don't know what you don't know. And you can wake up 20 years later, you know, and say, Hey, I lived, I lived a great life and I, I did some good things. Um, and that's perfectly fine. You know, but you got to think about what motivates you, what drives you. Right. Um, and you know, and, and for me, like, I think that's what, what it comes down to. And, and bounce back is important because I got off on a, on a tangent here, but, but I bounce back <laughs> is the ability, is the ability to endure a failure endure a setback and get back up and get back at it. Okay. Uh, pitcher uh, and major league baseball pitchers, you know, perfect example, quarterbacks, perfect example. You throw an interception right. gets, gets returned for a touchdown. You know, you're, you're right back on the field. Okay. And yep. what, what are you going to do? You're going to throw another one <laughs> because that one's in your head. You're going to move on focus on what's at hand, you know, Hey, look, it happened. Learn from it. Okay. Now I understand. Move forward. You know, same for pitchers, right? You got to throw another pitch, give up a home run. You're throwing another pitch, right? Within you know, what? 45 seconds. So, exactly. I mean, you know, you got <laughs> no time to think. Yeah. You got to get back on it. So, so you've got to think like, we have to think like that as leaders. We have to say it, it I'm going to fail. And maybe, you know, maybe it's catastrophic, right? Maybe it's catastrophic. I, yeah, I lose my job. I failed. I lost my job. I, I wasn't very good at what I was doing. Okay, fine. Why? Internalize it, understand it, show the humility and, and then go do something else. Get back at it. I mean, you, we can't just sit back and, and hope that everything's going to be okay and it's going to work so its true. way. It's going to work itself out. You know, everyone is always another thing. A lot of people say, you know, Oh, it'll work itself out. Okay. Nothing <laughs> works itself out with no, a whole lot of hard work. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, you know, this takes a whole <laughs> lot of work to wake up and say it worked itself out. Yeah, maybe it did. And most likely most things in life will work themselves out w- with time. But I guarantee you that it's going to be a, it's going to be a effort to do it. And we can't just go sit on, sit on our couch and stare out the window and hope for a different answer. We might do that for a day. We might do that for a couple of days. I've, I know I've had points in my life where I've done that for, for a long time. Right. And then one day you wake up and you go, that's enough. What am I going to do? Take a stand, take action. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but, but any movement is better than no movement. Right. It goes back to what you what you were saying earlier about humility. Because, uh, you know, when, I mean, all of the, the aspects in which you have done in your life, I mean, honestly, like you look at your resume and you go, wow, you know, and then you, you talked earlier about something that went wrong with the podcast or whatnot. How do you, how do you teach people that humility um, that you've built in yourself to be able to just continue to move forward? Because I mean, that that is one of those things where a lot of these uh, high executives and a lot of these athletes, the humility to say, yeah, I did screw up there. This is what I'm going to do to fix it. How do you do that? 
I think uh, I have a lot of thoughts on humility. <laughs> um, so <laughs> most I, people who went through what you do sometimes do. Yeah. I think that humility comes down to a level of confidence in yourself um, and, and not arrogance. Right. And so what's the difference right. between conf- confidence and arrogance, right? Con- confidence, you know, is it, it, arrogance is, you know, confidence without humility, right? I truly believe okay. that, you know, yeah. er, er, and when, if, and if you think about the most arrogant person that, you know, right. If you can define that and put in the yeah. back of your mind, picture their face. Like everybody say, can. You know, right. Yeah, who's the most <laughs> arrogant person? <laughs> when did that person ever come forward and say, Hey, I screwed up, you know, Hey, Hey, hey I got this wrong. You know, like, uh, I think we, I, I think I didn't, I didn't think through this or something happened. That's on me. Right. You don't, you don't have that, but there's a lot of competent and, people and confident people who stand up and say, yep, I suck today. Didn't intend to come here to suck. Didn't wake up this morning and go, I'm going to go to work or, or go to the game and, and just be horrible today. But I made a mistake. It happened. I wasn't, you know, for whatever reason, right. You can name, name the reasons. And then, then they should be able to name the reasons. That's the real big difference when we talk about humility. But let me also say this other, something else about humility. Humility does not mean that we should not be proud of ourselves. <laughs> okay. That's a great and, point. and this is, this is where the LinkedIn trolls, <laughs> I, I, I can't take it because what you see are all these phrases with like, I'm humbled to, and I, I'm guilty of this too. It's only in yeah. the last like year where I've been like, dude, you got to, don't do that anymore. Like, I don't agree with that. Anymore. Well, we look, we change our opinions, right? We change our right. opinions in life. Right. Yeah. I say this because someone, I'm sure I have a LinkedIn post sent back, you know, in, in so, some time where I've said I'm humbled too. Well, I've changed my opinion. Okay. Um, <laughs> call me a flip flopper or whatever. And delete it. Like, who cares? <laughs> but, but, but why, why not just announce it? Why not just say, Hey, I was the man today. I was the woman today. I crushed it today. Right. Because this happened to me. I got this award. You know, why why are we why are we saying I'm humbled to announce that I was voted best, you know, best whatever? No, stand up and say, I worked my ass off <laughs> every day to do this. And and today's my day. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. Because I didn't get here by myself. I yep. didn't do this on, on, on my own. I did it with all of you guys and we're here and let's be proud of that moment. But now I'm going to walk out of the room and I'm going to say, what else can I do? Yeah. I left something on the table. I missed something. I wasn't perfect. That's where humility comes in. Yeah. It's not when we, when we achieve something and then we stand up and we say, it could not have been done any better. I I am the best ever in the history of the world, and you know now everybody else like you know tell me you don't have a post like that. I I don't have a post like that. And okay, and 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 you know bow down to me, and forever it will not be made better than I've done it. You know that that's arrogance. That's not humility, right? And the and the people who went like you know someone like uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. You look at these organizations that have won consistently over time, dynasties. I've had a had a great conversation last year with Dr. Jack Stark, who was the the Nebraska. Um, he was the performance development coach for Nebraska football in their heyday and worked with Hendrick Motorsports for eight championships. And you talk nice. about building dynasties. You know, that's what they do. They they win and then they walk in the room and they go, Hey, that was awesome, guys. Let's high five. You know, let's have let's have a few beers. Let's celebrate this. And tomorrow, get your ass in here because here's what we fucked up. Yeah. 
That's it's so uh, now this is I don't know if you felt the same thing with your podcast, but it's so awesome to be able to tell other people's stories and just exactly what you're talking about. It's it, it just accentuates the points that a lot of people may read in a, a, an article or may see in a post. But when you hear a, a story from, you know, uh, an individual that went through it, like I see that you had Tim Kennedy and you had um, uh, Bridges on your thing and, and so many different people that they can tell those stories from the trenches and, and re- have them also relate to people. How powerful is that to you to be able to be that person that delivers those stories to those individuals? That's the impact I was talking about. And so I, you know, I, 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 I joked that. Well, I didn't joke. I said that, uh, that I, if I wanted to be a journalist, <laughs> I could, yeah, but I could do that. I could do that later in my life. Right. And so, you know, that's right. kind of the decision I made two years ago. I, I said, listen, you know, I'm, it was in the middle of COVID and I didn't know what, what I was going to do with my life. And, you know, I was sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm still paying, right. I'm still paying Boston university for the undergraduate <laughs> degree in journalism. It's been right. 20 years. So I might as well try to capitalize on this ROI. And, and I joke with my wife that I, I traded in my, I traded in my gun for a keyboard and a microphone. <laughs> and I've even run around the house joking. This is my weapon now. Um, not, not, but, this is my rifle. This is my gun. This one's no. for shooting. This one's for, no, not that. Okay. No, this, this is, this is my, this is my sure microphone and my, um, <laughs> ever seen garage band. It's awesome. Uh, but like the, that's my, that's the impact. I believe, yeah. you know, for me, like that's the impact that I can make today is by telling these stories. I can, I can tell people's perspectives in a way that resonates with, you know, I like to say, you know, everybody, but I also understand that that's right. not reality. Um, yeah. You know, there are people who don't like me. That's fine. I don't, you know, like that's not my audience. You know, there are people who, there are people who listen and watched every single episode and send me a note. And that's awesome too. I love those people. Um, you know, but like my goal is to, is, is to be able to tell these stories of impactful people in, in different, all who all come from a different perspective and have a different spin on it. And you know, we've, yeah we've done 120 episodes and like, if you're not going to like 120 episodes, but you might like five, might like 10, you know, I hope you like 20 to 30, right. That are going to resonate with you. And there's going to be a lot that people don't care about. Right. But like, what happens when we have 500, what happens when we have a thousand, you know, that's when we're going back and, and it's like, damn, you know, there are so many episodes in here that, that anybody can go in and say, why well, I, I care about this. I care about the, 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 these types of stories. I care about this type of background because that's what I'm trying to be. You know, you mentioned Josh Bridges. I think about something Josh Bridges said and, and told me every single day. And, and, and he said, we don't train to get it right. We train, he said, we don't train until we get it right. We train until we can't get it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I love Josh. You know, and and that <laughs> that is such a powerful statement, right? Because that's a standard. Oh, it's huge. You know, that's a yeah. standard, and the difference between getting it right once and not getting it wrong is vast. Yeah, that is oh. a that is a greater distance. I would argue that is a greater distance to travel than zero to getting it right. Yeah. I can grab my driver 
okay, and go to the driving range on the golf course, put 10 balls out and and nail one of 10. Yeah. Okay. I cannot put 100 out and nail 100. Yeah. Okay. Like, and that is the difference between being a regular person or being average at what I do, at what you do and being elite at what you do. And everybody has the opportunity to be elite. They just have to put in that time and that effort and have that mindset. Right. Yeah. And define what elite is to you. Yes. Oh, that's, you know, like I I, I think that's the most important thing. Like I, 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 every day I get up and I go in, into my, I have a, a, a Peloton treadmill. Okay, and I get on the treadmill and I say, I'm going to be elite today. And very quickly, I realized better define elite because you turn it off and you're 40, like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, it's for, for almost 43 years old. And like, you know, the, the, the one that says, you know, 20, the, the, the couple of people who say 20s and are well yeah. far ahead of you, right? And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a professional athlete. You know, like yeah. I'm not going to be a, a professional athlete. CrossFit athlete. We do. We've done a lot with CrossFit for this this last year. We're, we have a lot coming up with CrossFit. Actually, I'm going this week to get this weekend to get CrossFit Level One certified. Oh, and, awesome! Um, that was a, a byproduct of our coverage of Wadapalooza. So, so Jesse Graff and I have been invited by CrossFit to go out to California. Uh, well, me go out. She's already there um, to <laughs> to get certified um, oh, in, no as CrossFit instructors, right? And right and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to compete with Josh Bridges or Rich Froning or, right. or damn near anybody who competes at these events, but is it important to me? Yeah. Is it going to help me become a better version of myself? Yes. Will I become better physically? Yeah. Will I become better at covering CrossFit events as a, as a journalist? Completely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And to me, if that's my definition of elite, then that's a win. That's a perfect, that's a perfect statement that you just said, because it's so, uh, it's so important for people to understand their uniqueness. It's so important for people to understand that they are their own person because so many people base themselves or base their whole uh, ego, but also their, their vision of what elite or successful is on other people. And that's not possible. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I work with uh, the Boston University men's rowing team. Yeah, and 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 I used to be on on the team, and I look at these kids now, and I'm like, I, I can't like to to even think that I was as good as they are is is not even reality. So you've got to just base. You got you got to ground yourself in you know what are you. Like, what are you trying to achieve and, and where are you in your life and what are you focused on and what, what is success for you? Right. I love that. Uh, make sure you go to the Jedberg podcast. There's so many great guests that you've had and you just gonna you're just going to continue to make more and more podcasts. Aren't you? You love it. I love it. I love it. We've got, uh, <laughs> Oh man, we've got, um, two, eight, ten. We got 10 in the hopper right now. Oh, We're wow. a couple of weeks away. February 22nd, we will start our 
Wadapalooza series release. Uh, we'll oh, release eight awesome. episodes in six weeks. Um, I was joined by Ninja Warriors and stunt woman Jesse Graff. She was my awesome. she was my um, guest on episode thirty. And so when I when I was invited to go cover Wadapalooza, like one of the you know, biggest fitness festivals yeah. in the country. <laughs> Uh, I was like, who's the, who, yeah, who's, who's the fittest person I know, uh, who will, who could, who will be awesome to, to spend some time with and put together some, some really great interviews. And I called Jesse and she jumped on and, uh, and we had a great time down in Miami. So February 22nd, we'll start releasing that series, uh, to six weeks, eight episodes. That'll be really great, um, coverage mm-hmm. down there from the stage in, uh, in Wadapalooza. And then, uh, then we'll move on. We'll go. We got CrossFit games. Uh, sorry, we got not CrossFit. We have a Go Ruck games. Sandlot Jacks coming up in April. I'm going to San Diego this week. We have a couple of awesome episodes that'll kind of come in between those two big events that we're going to record this week in, in San Diego. That I got a reserve release announcement for at least until Friday. And then, uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. And Love it. we're just gonna we're just gonna keep plugging. That's it. I love it. You're going to be back up in Wisconsin coming up we're for the CrossFit thinking, games. We are, we, I'm hoping. Yeah. So, so well, after you we get up get here, this... you're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, connect here. All right. That sounds great. I love you. Definitely. I love it. All right. I end all my podcasts the same way. And uh, it's three questions. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Let's do it. How do you say your last name? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it to myself. Um, so if you could go back to your 18 year old self and ask yourself, uh, give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that. In, when in doubt, shut your mouth because I've been, my mouth has <laughs> certainly humbled me a, a number of times and often continues to do so. And now you do your podcast. I love it. Um, <laughs> now, a lot of people are going through challenges and struggles, and that's pretty much consistent no matter what time period or whatever it is. Um, what are two habits that you'd say, hey, incorporate these daily to continue to move forward? You have to take some time for yourself. Um, and and that's really hard. Uh, and honestly, you know, I, like I said, two years into this podcast, and I asked a very similar similar question at the end i you know i ask about the three things that they do every day to be successful and i tie it back to the jedbergs and yes. the need to, to be able to shoot move and communicate and 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 i had so many people tell me you know oh i i meditate i work out i i take time for myself i go for a walk and i would always say oh that's awesome you know i don't need to do those things and then we had a third kid in october and uh <laughs> and and i for anyone I have who three. goes, okay, so <laughs> so you know that the difference from one to two is nothing compared to the difference from two to three, right? It's oh, just yeah. Yeah. from two to three is like an exponential change. Yep. And and now since then was was where I really started saying to myself, you've got to just take that time and stop what you're doing. The, the, there's always going to be something you have to do whether it's family or work or whatever, there's always going to be something you have to do. And you have, and if it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. If it's 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes. If you get an hour, that's awesome. But you yeah. got to go out and do something by yourself, whether it's take a walk, you know, I go and, and I work out on and I hit the treadmill, I, I work out, whatever it is. Yep. So that would be the, 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 the number one 
you know, thing that I would say, because that's going to help kind of reset, you know, that's where, that's where you'd be able to disengage and just think I had a boss who, well, he, uh, he, he wasn't my boss, but he was, he was a general. Um, and when I was in the army and he said this thing once, he's, he said, leaders need time to think. And obviously I was, you know, a young officer and I'm like, that's stupid. What do you mean? <laughs> leaders need, need time to think. This, this old man doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, right. he's, make a decision, shut your mouth, you know? And, <laughs> and as I've gotten older, right, I've, re- I've come to that realization that he was at, as most you know, generals are right. Something comes from being on earth longer. Uh, he was absolutely <laughs> right. And, and sometimes you just right. need time to disengage and, you know, and, and if you run on the treadmill, you're going for a walk, you're sitting outside, staring into the woods, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. That's valuable time to, to, to think about stuff. Um, the, the, the other thing, uh, is you know i reach out to somebody every day um you know we talk a lot about mental health we talk a lot about uh about the struggles that that we have and i don't care what anybody says you know humans are collaborative by nature humans seek interaction with people um humans do not thrive well in isolation um that's they they don't thrive well when when they're alone and you know people think that you know nobody nobody cares about them nobody you know people don't care about me i don't need to care about anybody i don't need to talk to anybody yeah you do <laughs> yes you it's do so true yeah and, oh, and if you think that like you're just fooling yourself and you, and you're gonna and it's and and you're making life hard and something that doesn't have to be hard so you know reach out to somebody talk to somebody anybody you don't have to have a 45 minute conversation you know, about the last six months of their life, send someone a text, say hi, you know, whether it be your family, you know, your, your kids, your spouse, your parents, your, your friend, you know, just reach out and say hi to somebody. I love those two. That's, it's so powerful. I, the biggest thing that I love about you is that you have, you can sense the passion and that's always one of those things, especially when you do just an audio podcast you can always sense the passion behind when somebody's talking and you have that definitely in it. It really comes through. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a all or nothing guy. I um, like that. That's uh, <laughs> I, it's like a, it's like a, on a, on a, well, we used to have dials, you know, on uh, for yeah. volume <laughs> yep. um, and it, there's zero and there's 10. And yeah. so I either, either I don't care yeah. and whatever, uh, or I'm all in. I love that. You're you're the you're the ten on the UHF channel, right? Sometimes an eleven. <laughs> All right, this last one's gonna be fun. So, if you could sit down at a firehouse table with three individuals, they can be deceased or alive, and at a firehouse table, you can have any questions, and they have to answer it. Who would those people be, and why? <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. I have a feeling. Yeah, you know, I got to sit down at a firehouse table with a, with oh, a, you, with a yeah. number so you know of the Boston fire departments. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of the um, honestly one of, one of the highlights of 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 my not only my my career as a podcaster but my my life. I really enjoyed it. It was it was really impactful. Uh, plus, being from Boston, it was really cool. Uh, okay. Um, so listen, I'm I'm really big. Uh, I studied. Um, political science uh mm-hmm. the u.s presidency was my um was my focus uh it was and and i'm very i'm fascinated by the american presidency um so i would sit down with uh george washington 
Oh, I love that. Because yeah. um, there's actually, I even did my hair for this and we're, there's no video. Um, but uh, I did my <laughs> I hair. I mean, I, I put, I I put a hat on. Uh, I <laughs> so, um, but behi- behind me uh, sits a, sits a, um, it's not a poster. It's a picture, a picture. Um, and it's of George Washington on a horse. And, it says, um, first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his countrymen. And, and wow. I truly believe that, you know, I, I truly believe yeah. that, uh, that as a leader, um, you gotta be, you, 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 people, you have to inspire people in the good. You got to inspire people in the bad. Um, and you, you, they don't have to love you, but they, they gotta, they gotta want to be there alongside you, um, to, to, so to achieve the goal. And I think, you know, George Washington exemplifies that. Uh, I think the, I think the second one is um, John F. Kennedy. Um, I think that uh, I, I I don't know what the world would be like today had we not lost John F. Kennedy. Um, and I that's think a that's huge a statement. I love that. It, I think it's an interesting question that I've often toyed with. Um, yeah. maybe one day I'll, I'll do a piece on it now that I've, I've said it out loud here. Um, but if you just think about like that period of time, if you think about the decisions that were made, you know, by leaders after him, I, I think it's a very, I, I think it is an absolutely very uh, important question that we should ask. Right. Um, and so I find that, uh, I, I think that would be another interesting one. Um, and the other one, uh, you know, the the other one that I would I'd like to sit there for my presidential roundtable. Um, <laughs> is this whiskey or coffee? <laughs> I, I think it would be a bit of both. Um, I think so. I think you put the whiskey in the coffee. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I I think the um, the last one would be Ronald Reagan. Um, and this is a very bipartisan effort here. I'm very centrist. So um, <laughs> I believe, and, and the reason why I, I say that is, you know, I think Ronald Reagan, he, there's a book called by Peggy Noonan. Um, and she's, she was his speechwriter, uh, one of his advisors. And it's called when character was King. And, uh, and I think that post Ronald Reagan, you know, we have seen the decline of American politics. Um, I think we've seen a very difficult period that we remain in with the divisiveness um, of American politics. And I think he was a unifying figure. Uh, And I think that we need more leaders who are able to unify the country and you don't unify the country and, and the world by standing up in front of everyone and saying, we need to unify, you know, we need to get together <laughs> and then, you know, turn it around and go different. Let's, yeah. Let's slam these yeah. guys, you know? Yeah. Like, no, you know, so unification is not like standing up in front of everyone and saying, you know, we need to unite as a country. Uh, but these guys over here uh, are obviously not allowing that to happen. Yeah, okay. that doesn't work that's that not way. that's not a unifying statement, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, and so what we've got to do is we need leadership in companies, in athletics, in uh, in, in government who are able to stand up and just take action. Uh, you know, right. I, you asked me yes. the first question. You know, what would I tell my eighteen 
your old self, I said, shut your mouth. Yeah. Well, sometimes we need our leaders to shut their mouth and take action. <laughs> that is one of the greatest statements right there. I like that. That's a shirt. That's a shirt. Have the Jedberg podcast in front and then say, you know, shut your mouth and take action. There, there you go. We're, I want that. I want we're, that. We're at, I recently launched a store on Instagram, which was a real pain in the ass, by the way. But uh, <laughs> this is going to be a shirt. Though, but that's right? a good one. I should make that shirt. Shut, shut your mouth and take action. That is a freaking shirt and a half right there. I love it. See, look at this. This whole time, we we taken this whole time and we figured out one of the greatest things I did. <laughs> That's it. He made no money on the podcast, but he sold a lot of shirts that said, shut your mouth and take action. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Fran, it has been such an honor to have you on today. Make sure you go to the Jedberg podcast um, and listen to all those great um, podcasts. And, and definitely look forward to the Waterpalooza and all the things to uh, come from you. So thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you, Robin. If I come to Madison, we're, we'll grab a coffee and a beer. I love it. And maybe the whiskey. And, and, and a whiskey. Coffee. And a whiskey. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. All of it. And maybe find a guy that's name is George Washington. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.